All right, so we're in First Thessalonians. It's always a challenge when uh, there's an opportunity to preach like this, and, um, but it's just, it's just a one-time thing to know what text to preach on. But this time wasn't, wasn't hard because uh, in uh, our Sunday school class, the Sunday school class I'm helping with, we're going through First Thessalonians, and this Sunday we're going to miss the class because Jeff Tuttle's going to be here speaking on China, and so our, group, our class and other classes are going to be here to listen to him. Anyway, this is a text that we would have normally looked at on Sunday, so I thought, okay, well, that's great. We're going to miss Sunday, and we'll just make up for tonight. So uh, that's why, if it seems a little random, uh, it's really just from the uh, Sunday school class so we don't miss this particular text, this particular lesson. So our First Thessalonians chapter 5, looking at verses 12 and 13. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. I believe a lot of you have notes. If anybody didn't receive notes tonight, if you just want to raise your hand, anybody didn't receive notes and they would need a copy? Okay, brother, if we could get the copy of the notes, there's two ladies here that didn't get them yet. Um, when he comes back in, just raise your hand again so he can know to come to see you. Now, I know that this uh, message could sound a little self-serving, um, but uh, one of the advantages of doing book studies, such as this one at First Thessalonians, is that uh, you kind of obligate yourself to work through it chapter by chapter and verse by verse. And so just as Paul emphasized to the elders of Ephesus that it was their duty to preach the whole counsel of God, so it behooves every pastor to do the same if he's going to be a faithful minister of the Word, even texts that might seem to be somewhat self-serving. Um, but this is God's inspired Word, and it's uh, my duty as is every pastor or preacher to preach the Word, all of it, um, to the best of our ability. So that said, when it comes to the way in which we are to treat God's servants, and in this case referring specifically to the, the leaders, the pastors of the church, God weighs in and gives some very clear directives to follow. And so the main challenge for us tonight, the main truth, is that God wants each of us to esteem very highly in love the spiritual leaders, the pastors of this church, and to really appreciate what the Lord is saying here. We're going to consider four questions that are answered by the text, all right? And so we'll take them one at a time. So the first question is, who? Of whom does the text speak? And so in this case, it's referring to the spiritual leaders, pastors of the church, and there's a threefold description that is given in this text to describe them. So uh, first of all, we see this, the phrase that says, uh, we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you. Okay, those who labor among you. Um, it's important to recognize that um, <clears throat> this text is referring to those who devote themselves to the ministry. It's not a drudgery for them. It's their passion. It's their life's priority. And they willingly spend themselves for the sake of the ministry. And like the text, another text of the Bible says, they give themselves wholly to reading, exhortation, and doctrine. And they should be in the Word as a workman in order to rightly divide the word of truth. 
And so this text refers to them as those who labor among you. Kind of recalls another text in um, 1 Timothy 5.17. It's, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. All right, so the first part of the description that's given of those who are to be uh, uh, appreciated and respected, etc., is those who labor among you. Secondly, those who preside over you in the Lord. Again, for them, it is not just uh, their duty. It is truly a calling which comes from God. It says, in the Lord, those who... <clears throat> labor among you and are over you or preside over you in the Lord. They have been entrusted to be a part of a command post. As Paul said to the Ephesian elders, take heed to all the flock which, over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God. And so um, those who have been placed in the position of a pastoral ministry uh, understand that we're talking about a divine appointment, those who the Holy Spirit has established as overseers in the body. Now, we'll touch on this a little bit throughout the text, throughout the message tonight, but this doesn't mean that these men are infallible, uh, far from it, um, or that we will agree, you know, that every Christian, every member of the church will agree all the time with those who preside over them, who oversee the flock, who give direction to the, to the ministry. Um, clearly, that's not going to happen, but in every organization, in every corporation, in every family, and in every church, there needs to be a designated leader. And uh, if not, there will be chaos and confusion. And, um, and so the text says that we are to recognize those who labor among us and who preside over us in the Lord. Third part of the description is those who admonish us. And the word admonish has the idea of instructing, of warning, of counseling. Those who admonish us. Um, so again, this is referring to those who give themselves to the preaching and teaching of the Word. They preach the Word in season and out of season, being willing when necessary to reprove, to rebuke, to exhort. I like this one uh, quotation by John Gill where he said, concerning this text, he says, they seek to enlighten the understanding of believers, to strengthen their faith, to raise their affections, and to bring their wills to a resignation to the will of God. And um, this is, again, one of those areas where there will at times be conflict now, why is that? Because the human nature is such that we quite understandably prefer to hear that which soothes our conscience, not that which awakens it. We prefer to hear that which flatters our ego rather than that which wounds our pride. But the preacher's duty is to put you in mind of your duties as Christians. In fact, that's the idea of the word admonish again. Literally, it is to put in mind, okay? So the preacher's duty is to put in our minds our duties in the Christian life and also to warn of the devastating consequences of sin. And he does this, the preacher does this, knowing, as the Bible says, that he will receive a greater judgment as one who teaches God's holy word. 
And so in light of that, one of the greatest ways that you can encourage um, any pastor, any minister of the Word, is to thank him for having the courage to say the truth. Because he knows, every pastor knows, the truth is not always popular. And it is always tempting. It is always tempting when preparing a message to say to oneself, boy, if I say that, even though the Bible teaches, if I say that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get somebody upset with me. <laughs> Somebody's not going to like, you know, to hear this particular truth. And, um, but anyone that's going to be faithful to the Word has to share what the Word of God says. And so it's important for us to recognize that. And again, for those who admonish us, to make sure that we express appreciation for that. So that's the who question. Let's, let's look at the second question, what? Uh, that is, what should be our attitude toward these spiritual leaders? And again, the text here in Thessalonians gives us several parts. It says, first of all, that we are to know them. Kind of an interesting phrase, right? Verse number 12, we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord, to know them. Simply put, the text says that members of a church are to know their elders, to have a personal acquaintance with them. Uh, this, uh, this word has the idea of conversing freely and in a familiar fashion with the pastors so as to know the state of their soul and thereby be, utter, be, be able to speak a word of encouragement in due season, to acknowledge them, to appreciate them, for their labor of love, to know them. Uh, maybe I'll come back on this later on, but I know in a large church, you know, it's sometimes more challenging. You know, there's a lot of people, and, uh, you know, for example, everybody, if you all wanted to, you know, say just a few words to Pastor Burgraff uh, on a Sunday, it, it wouldn't be possible, right? And so uh, it's, it's easy to get into the habit or to the pattern of maybe not stopping any time to acknowledge one of the pastors and to just chat with them and just ask them how they're doing um, or just give them a word of encouragement. And, uh, and so I just want to, again, underline what this text says. Paul says in very strong terms, we beseech you, brethren, to know them. Secondly, it says we're to esteem them. Mm. Um, means to hold them in the highest regard, to honor them. Uh, the Greek text actually uses a very strong word here. Oh, thank you. Somebody just advanced it for me. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, the Greek text uses a very strong word, which uh, literally could be translated to esteem exceedingly or superabundantly. It's a very, very strong term that Paul uses. Um, so, of course, this means to show them uh, due respect, not only to their face, but even more so perhaps in their absence. And consequently, the failure to show sincere respect for the pastors of the church is disobedience to the Lord. I don't know if Christians always think about in those terms. But uh, sadly, uh, it happens too often that... Uh, you know, everything is going fine and, and we respect our pastors until, until you have a grievance or I have a grievance. 
and, um, or somebody's feelings are hurt. And then all of a sudden, it's amazing how a text like this just seems to disappear out of the Bible. And Christians can sometimes do or say things that are far from esteeming or respecting their spiritual leaders. Uh, sometimes, in fact, it's the exact opposite. And so when a Christian's feelings are hurt, sometimes they go so far as to denigrate the pastor of the church or to treat him disrespectfully or to gossip about him. And it is complete opposite of what the Bible is commanding us to do in this text. So we're to know them, to esteem them. If I get the thing, there we go. We got it this time. We're to love them. And the word used here to love is the word agape, love. So it's the purest, the most powerful love that we can show, we are to show to God's ministers. In fact, you cannot show them too much love. Um, we are commanded to cultivate love and an affectionate friendship with our spiritual leaders. Now, this word takes into account, of course, not only our words, but our deeds as well, how we treat them, what we do for them. As always, the word agape has at the basis of it the idea of sacrifice. And so our love for God's ministers may require some form of personal sacrifice in order to show them this esteem, this respect that God commands. All right, so uh, we've looked at the uh, who and the what. Let's move on to the third question, why? Um, <clears throat> why are we to esteem them so highly? And this is where maybe it's a little surprising, but there was only one reason given in the text. Only one reason. It says, um, we're to know them, those who are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, verse 13, to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. For their work's sake. So notice, it does not say that we're to respect our pastors because of their physical appearance, because we like their personality, because they're our hunting buddy. We're to esteem them because they're involved in God's work. Therefore, our attitude toward our spiritual leaders is not based on feelings. And it's not when our feelings are hurt that we should esteem them less. This principle is not based on our feelings, but on, uh, based on a spiritual principle. It's because they are engaged in such a great work, the greatest work of all. And so we need to understand, we need to be reminded that the work of God greatly surpasses all other endeavors and must take precedence over our own personal preferences and tastes. And so we must be vigilant to not let minor disagreements and trifles interfere with God's work. As ministers of the gospel, these men are servants of God. And again, all of us fully recognize our, our weaknesses and our fallibility and, and everything, our shortcomings. But nonetheless, our focus is on the work of God. And so the role of the church is to highly esteem them because of their work. Therefore, we must remind ourselves constantly why we do what we do in this, in this church. It is in view of God's kingdom. 
It is because we love the Lord and because we don't want anything that would hinder His work or grieve His Spirit. There is another reason given, not in this text, but in another text. If you want to turn to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, another reason why we should esteem our spiritual leaders given in Hebrews 13, verse 17. It says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. The uh, latter part of that verse could translate it this way, So make it a task of joy for them, and not one of groaning, for that is unprofitable or detrimental or even ruinous for you. So when we take God's injunction to heart, this text says it is for the greatest benefit of the church and of ourselves. Conversely, when a Christian lacks respect or lacks a submissive attitude, toward God's ministers. Not only does the church suffer, suffer, but so does the Christian in question. And so we need to take these words very seriously and act accordingly. I don't remember if uh, I read this somewhere or if it just the thought came to me, but I, it, this is so important. When we show proper respect and affection for the leaders of the church. It does not reflect so much on who they are. It reflects on who you are. It speaks well of you when you speak well of them. And conversely, it speaks poorly of you when you speak poorly of them. So, we looked at the who, the what, the why, and now the how. So, how do we carry out this injunction in a concrete fashion? Well, Paul finishes the thought here with a phrase that doesn't, almost doesn't seem to fit, but he says, and be at peace among yourselves. <clears throat> be at peace among yourselves. I think there's two aspects to this phrase that fit into the, the overall injunction that Paul's giving us. First of all, when we say be at peace among yourselves, there could be, that could be looked at negatively in the sense that we should not be a source of discord among the brethren. Not only do conflicts and backbiting among Christians <clears throat> profoundly grieve the Lord and hurt the church, but they're also an additional burden to the leaders of the church. And you know, in all these things and um, everything that we're sharing here tonight, uh, I don't know that any of us, including myself, um, I don't know that any of us can fully appreciate the weight that Pastor Burgraff uh, carries on his shoulders. I, I really don't. I, I, since, I've, since we came to this church, I'm, I'm just um, in awe. <laughs> That's the word, in awe. Um, it's a large church, a lot of needs. Uh, a lot of situations arise, people that need counseling, people that need help, 
uh, people that leave not always in a good fashion, and all of that, all of that. I mean, some of us are affected more directly than others at times, but Pastor DeBruergraff is directly affected all the time. And, uh, and yet he carries on the ministry with an incredibly <laughs> joyful and positive attitude. Uh, I have rarely met anybody as passionate about the ministry as he is. And honestly, I can say the same, same thing for the other pastors on the staff, um, the present speaker notwithstanding. But um, this church is blessed with men who are passionate about what they do. And so again... Um, we need to do everything we can to be at peace with others in the body, but also with the spiritual leaders of the church. That means we shouldn't be pointing out disagreements with them upon every trivial occasion. We shouldn't be attacking them for some slip of the tongue or because they failed to greet me two Sundays in a row. <clears throat> Rather, we should give them the benefit of the doubt. If there is a misunderstanding, go to them, explain, give them a chance to, to explain but no matter what happens, dear friends, no matter what happens, continue to embrace them with brotherly love. You know, even if the day comes and for whatever reason, the Lord's leading you to another church, the Lord's leading you elsewhere. Okay, that, that can happen in anybody's life for a number of reasons, but should that day come, do it in a way that honors the Lord. Do it in a way that continues to show respect and esteem for the pastoral staff and especially for the, the senior pastor. Be at peace among yourselves. So negatively, we shouldn't be a source of discord among the brethren. But secondly, we could look at it more of a positive view, and that is we ought to participate with concrete actions to strengthen the body and to strengthen God's ministers, to seek to be a blessing to them. Seek ways to be a blessing. And so it means taking time to greet the elders, greet the pastors, greet the spiritual leaders of the church. Uh, again, maybe you can't do it every service or, you know, maybe even not every, every week, but, but there should be times you, you seek out the pastor and just, just acknowledge that you're praying for him, just ask how he's doing, you know, to take, a, take some time to know him and to make sure that he understands that you, you care about him, uh, to thank them, to thank them for their service for the Lord, to pray for them. And I know... Uh, you know, as I'm saying this, um, especially tonight, the, the group that's here tonight, I, <clears throat> I'm not sharing anything you guys aren't already doing, but a lot of what we learn is also for other people, right? I mean, we learn it for ourselves, but then things we can also pass on. But I mean, this church is really a blessing. And uh, as for us, there's been so many people that have come up and and uh, encouraged us uh, by words, just personal words of encouragement or by letting us know that they pray for us and different situations that have come up or for our ministries um, to thank us. It's, this church is, does a good job. But we must continue to be vigilant about it and careful um, to maintain that, uh, the bond of peace, as Ephesians puts at it, okay, just to continue to work at that all the time. And so, um, brothers and sisters, what is your attitude toward the spiritual leaders of this church? God states unequivocally that they are to be respected, that we're to submit to them, 
that we're to esteem them very highly, to love them sincerely in the Lord through words and through concrete actions. And if that's not the case, if that's not what you are doing or some Christian that you know isn't doing, that Christian is at odds with God. He's not at odds with the pastor. He's at odds with God. And so as we go forward, may all of us make this a a matter of prayer, a matter of careful consideration as we serve together for the glory of God and for the the well-being and the growth of this church.